Evolutionary.org presents Evolutionary Hardcore Podcast with your co-hosts, Steve from the American Underground and Mobster from the UK Iron Den. Get ready for the most hardcore and underground info in the industry. And here we go. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. What's up, guys? Good morning. Evolutionary.org hardcore podcast coming your way. Steve Smee here in the Mwapsta. What's up, buddy? Well, good in the hood. Just cold. Yeah, he's freezing up there in in uh, in the whales. His cats are even uh, snuggling up to him, trying to keep warm. Yeah. All right, guys. So in this one, this is going to be number one twenty. Victor Martinez is is the bodybuilder we're going to talk about. And Victor Martinez, right off the bat, um, if if you don't know much about Victor Martinez, he's the guy who got second to Jay Cutler. Uh, that's what he was known for. In uh, 2007, he was second place to Jay Cutler, almost pulled off the upset yeah. that year. He is a big, big man. He is. He was born in the Dominican Republic, immigrated to the United States when he was younger. He was 5'9", 265 at his peak, 20-inch arms, 60-inch waist, 32, I'm sorry, 60-inch chest, 32-ounce waist. He is a beast. I mean, that is a that is where some big, big stats. Like big, big, big. He was a mobster, ge- uh, genetically blessed. Uh, there's some stories when he was growing up that the um, he grew up in New York. The coaches, when he was growing up, would all beg him to play different sports, from baseball to basketball to football. And he loved football, but he really, really loved bodybuilding and that's the one he picked and we see this um uh, all kinds of things guys they focus on different sports and they don't reach their full potential well he focused on bodybuilding and he was able to reach his full potential anyone who gets even top 20 mr olympia they are amazing he focused 100 on bodybuilding after high school he trained hard he built a scary physique his first official show First place in 1993 in the teenage division. People knew this guy would be scary. The next year, he didn't do as good. So he took some time away. He re-rebooted everything. And then he came back in 1997 and blew away his competition. He won two local NPC contests. So he would win his pro card by winning the NPC Nationals. He'd be only the second person from Dominican Republic to achieve that once he was a pro he would continue to improve his body and then he won the ifbb night of champions in 2003 the next year finished top 10 at mr olympia third in mr olympia in 2006 and then the next year at his peak he he got second to the invincible jay cutler at the mr olympia and he also won the arnold classic one more thing i want to throw in he injured his patellar tendon in 2008 we, we talk about what these guys have to go through. Injuries are part of what they have to go through. So they have to withdraw from competitions, which he did for a year. And then he came back, as most of them do, and he won the Arnold Classic Madrid and Toronto's Pro Super Show in 2011. 40 years old in 2014, he finished eighth place at Mr. Olympia and fourth at the Arnold Classic. So the guy 
he had a very stellar career highlighted by that second place finish to Jay Cutler. Mobster, what do you think? Jump in here. Uh, yeah, he's one of his guys. I was just watching as we, we, we do when we're researching for these things and he's sitting there doing this interview and his arms look amazing. He's got like a, a T-shirt on and the tricep. The arm development was just crazy. They might even be close to 22 inches there, Steve. Um, and when, when, when it's, it's kind of obvious, right? When you're at that level, when you're, you're supposed to be, and this is why people thought Victor should have won, well-balanced. And that's that's Victor's thing. He, he would come, from, come back from a leg injury, which is in itself fantastic. In fact, during one of his... I watched a leg training video as part of research on the podcast, and he says... You know, you get a leg injury and it's never the same. And we discussed this in, in the podcast we just done recently, which will be going live again soon. People with uh, William Bonac having a leg injury and he's overcompensating for his leg injury to try and make it as good. And in fact, these are two guys, this is again their freakish nature. Most of us with the kind of leg injuries these guys would have would never have the ability to bring our legs back to where they was. And we've seen a number of injuries over the years with biceps and whatever else, and it's never been the same. Victor's one of those few people that's managed to get the legs back balanced. As Steve said, you don't, you don't have a leg injury, train, rehab, etc., and then come back and win the Arnold. That is freakish genetics right there. And even now, kind of semi-retired, I don't think we're going to look at uh, Victor on, on any of the big stages anymore, but who knows, maybe he'll come back as a Masters. He's just, he's the stuff he's doing with interviews and whatever else. He's still a monster. He's, he's a big, I mean, five foot nine and 255 on stage. It's, it's oh, big crude as usual. He's fucking huge, man. Really, really, really big guy. Surprisingly so. And very well put together. You don't get to be, as I said earlier, second place at the Olympia, an Arnold Classic winner. Uh, sometimes there's outstanding body parts, but no, Victor seems to have it all. A really nicely put together bodybuilder. Yeah. One of the things that he had to go through, Mobster, that other guys we've done having had to go through is this ridiculous adversity. And Mobster oh, and I, talked, we talked about this on the pre-show. Who has yeah. to go through what this guy had to go through? He came to this country as a kid, okay, as a young guy, through no fault of his own, and he had to deal with this bullshit with his immigration status for that, yeah. as an adult. And then yeah. number two, he had to deal with his sister getting murdered. Who has to deal with their sister getting murdered? And he was right up in center. He went there. He was he was doing interviews with the media, trying to to find out what happened, trying to you know when she was missing. He was leading his family. He was identifying her in the morgue. He was he stepped up like a man. Oh to yeah, help out his family and do all the dirty work. Whenever someone passes away, you always get that one member of the family who has to step up and do, do, do all the hard work that nobody else wants to do. And he stepped up and did it. So this guy, you know, he's right off the bat, like he had to go through so much BS, you know, in his life and he still managed to, to come out the other end successful compared to some of these other guys who get everything handed to them and who still can't make shit. So yeah, we're going to get into that a little bit. I'm a mobster. Yeah. Jump in. I was going to say right from the very beginning, uh, uh, Steve, because one of the things, and in fact, it kind of, maybe it's one of those things that shaped him as a bodybuilder, his relationship with his father was not good. Uh, and in fact, he talks about if, if he made any kind of mistakes, his dad did not sit him down and say, this is the lesson, son, and this is what you've got to do. You should just beat the fuck out of him. And, and essentially, I think he described himself as from five years of age almost as a punching bag. So when Steve says about the issues, 
that Victor's had to overcome, this is where we, I think the, the, the big thing for the podcast today is that if he's got how this guy has dealt with his stress and just about the worst possible imaginable stress, including arrest for uh, a steroid uh, possession and, and in that fact distribution, uh, someone uh, put his name up for, for having given them steroids. Recreational drugs were found in the house during a raid. As Steve Smith said, that, that, that led to immigration issues. And then when you're talking about them, the, the can't get any worse than the, mur the murder of a family member. And it was Victor that stepped up and, and did everything that needed to be done with family support. But he was the one that was at the forefront. To deal with all of that, the rest of it, normal people would be freaking out. And training would not, I don't know, I don't know how we would deal. I don't know how we would handle it. But Victor handled it. And in fact, I think the lesson for the day, which we'll get into later on, is, is his way of dealing with stress. So, yeah, I mean, this, uh, where do you start? I mean, if we talked about the murder alone, she was found stuffed in a ventilation shaft in the building that she'd been cleaning in. It was Victor uh, and the family that went on to the media because the police were waiting in 24, 48 hours before they started searching for a, a, a lost person. They, they were convinced because of her habits that she was incredibly uh, predictable with what she did. She hadn't turned up, something bad's happened. And they got the police to speed up the uh, searching process and lo and behold, they get the phone call. Victor goes down to the morgue and he's the one that has to identify the not very nice to look at busted up body with decomposition, uh, the, the effects of the assault and the murder itself. And of course being stuffed into this metal tube. And it was Victor that did that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, to say that he's had to deal with some stressful things and then seven months in prison with the immigration issues as a result of the arrest felony for, for the possession and distribution. Absolutely crazy. Right up there at the very tip top of stuff that anybody could ever deal with. And Victor's handled his shit like a man. Big time, Steve. Yeah, and just really quick on that murder, it turned out to be a... Uh... 26 year old elevator operator of that building so obviously it was someone that she knew or she ran into uh, so they were basically co-workers so it was a uh, the guy was 20 years younger than her and can you imagine the fear you know that she had to go through um, this guy she knows uh, does, does something like that to her so this guy this sick this sick freak 25 and he's in he's in court looking looking at this guy man the man looking him in the eye in the court I would have I would not been able to contain myself. Um, I would have I would have attacked them in the courtroom, even if it meant me going to jail. So I, I don't know how he managed to do it. But, yeah, he's a bigger he's a bigger man than me, for sure. <laughs> the so, both of us. Yep. And then the whole uh, thing that he had to deal with, with um, with with the going to jail and stuff. He lost his business because of that. He was a spokesperson yeah. for the fran for a franchise um, called a Muscle Maker Grill in New Jersey. And, and he, he lost, he lost that because lost of that in, incarceration. That's something they put in the contract when you're a spokesman. Hey, if you, you do something like this, where you go to jail, even if it's not even your fault, you know, we're going to take this away from you. So yeah, he, he had a, obviously he had a tough time. That was, uh, that was some BS. As I said, the one, one, one on, on the court case. And in fact, any of the other things, and perhaps it's a, a sign of the man himself again, He's been very well supported. It's unusual, as Steve said, to be in that particular situation and still get the support. In fact, reading some of the details of the court case, uh, Peter McGough uh, did a great article uh, where he talks about how Steve Blackman and the owner of uh, the supplement company that was sponsoring Victor came to court 
to support him in court. And, and Victor actually says in another article how he was paid his salary throughout that time. So his relationship with these people, the, the, it's beyond being professional. It's beyond the normal situation. So that shows you what kind of guy he is and how he's respected by those people that he's worked with and how, you know, the, the back and forth, the nature of their relationship, the normal situation. And you can read this stuff again and again and again. If you're disreputable, if you get arrested, if you are, uh, if there's bad stuff in the newspapers, and that's typical for a bodybuilding contract, never mind any of the topical sponsorship or, or promotional type contracts for a lot of athletes and movie stars, singers, etc. If you are found guilty in court, your contract goes. If, you know, it's very, very difficult for those people to get that money back. And we can sometimes be talking about hundreds of millions of dollars. I suspect in Victor's case, it's a typical, uh, perhaps as high as a six-figure contract. And and he was able to get that stuff going. The fact that he lost, I mean, he lost 30 pounds of muscle in prison, there are videos you can see you can see the difference and he talks about the diet he says that typically his diet before prison and after prison obviously would have been seven thousand calories a day quite quite substantial to say the least of a proper bodybuilding food in prison 800 calories a day steve 800 <laughs> it was doing press-ups and sit-ups and stuff like this in the cell but he, he didn't even bother doing the uh, yard stuff and uh, trying to keep himself occupied in prison but yes I, honestly, his approach to dealing with stress and how people uh, who work with him professionally uh, feel about him is a big indication of precisely why Victor has been as successful as he has. Uh, because the rest of us, I think we would have gone absolutely crazy. We would have fallen to bits. God knows what being in prison is like in that kind of situation. Uh, and as Steve said, I don't, he's a better man than the both of us for the way that he's dealt with. Uh, the murder of his sister because uh, New York, I'm sure the man's got connections. I would love that other fellow to, as the euphemism we use over here, had an accident in the showers or fallen down the stairs, don't you think, Steve? Yeah, for sure. This is a, yeah, he's a sick, sick, sick person. So yeah, let's, let's kind of get into now his training, uh, his nutrition. If you guys go on his Instagram page, he does uh, update it a couple times a week at least. And he, um, you know, he's got a lot of pictures of himself. He's, he's a beast. He really is. Um, so, you know, I'll get into the nutrition a little bit and let Mobster talk about some of his training. And then we're going to get to the fun stuff, which is his steroid use, which you all want to hear about. So really quick with the nutrition, um, there's some, there's some, you know, he's made some posts about carb cycling. And we see this a lot with, with athletes. So what carb cycling means, guys, this is a good lesson. Um, Basically, on days where you're exercising a lot, you're working out a lot, you're working out hard, doing a lot of cardio, he'll up his carbs that day. And then on days where he's being sedent, more sedentary, he will lower his carbs. So very, very simple. So that's basically what carb cycling is. And, the, and on leg days, especially, because on leg days, you're going to basically, um, those are going to be your hardest workout days, uh, working out the legs. And on the work on the leg days, he talks about upping his carbs, especially so. And then on days where he's sitting around, you know, watching sports because he, he does love sports. He loved, he played football growing up. So you're sitting all day um, at home watching football, then you would reduce your carbs. Very, very simple. So that's carb cycling. A lot of athletes do that across the spectrum, especially athletes who do a lot of uh, exercise requirements. They, they will do that. He will basically. He, he's a size guy. So he's all about size. So basically pre-contest, he will focus on losing fat. 
ahead of his show. So that's a strategy. So he loves, he loves to eat. And then ahead of the show, he'll basically cut down his carbs, eat more protein, take time between meals. And that works for him. Very, very simple guys. It's science. You, if you lower your carbs, you eat more protein and you take time between your meals, you're going to, you know, cut down some fat. That's very, very common. And if you do the opposite, you'll, you'll put on some fat. That's, that's why Americans are so overweight because they eat more carbs, less, less protein, less fats, and they take very little time between meals. They got to be eating every hour or two, or they'll go hypoglycemic, Ooh, go hypoglycemic. So for him, he likes the healthy foods. He talks a lot about brown rice, sweet potatoes, greens, eggs, and fish. He gets super lean. And that's the only time he'll do a cheat meal. And he says that he does that because it resets his metabolism. So in that situation, basically when you're increasing your calories, your body's metabolism will react to that. You know, more calories will be coming out. When you reduce calories too much over time, your metabolism will go lower. That's just your body reacting. So you'll be burning less calories. So he understand that really cookie cutter stuff, guys. He's got the genetics to be yeah. able to just do a simple nutritional layout and have tre tremendous results. Very, very simple. And it works for him. It's keep it simple, stupid. And, you know, being someone who's from the, the Caribbean Dominican Republic, growing up in New York, you know, that's, that's a pattern we see a lot, uh, really keeping it simple and letting your genetics, uh, you know, move you where you need to go. So mobster, you're the training expert. Tell us a little bit about his training. Does it differ from the other guys or is it pretty much similar to what the other guys are doing? What do you think? I would say generally overall it's going to be similar because obviously genetic response can be uh, uh, good to, to most forms of training. What I, I did notice is that he actually, uh, I watched a leg training video specifically, right? I mean, otherwise we'd be here all bloody day watching 47 different kind of training videos. It's crazy. So on the leg training video, Lots and lots of warming up, and he makes a big point of that. And in fact, during the video, they say how warm of an evening it was, and yet they're still doing 25 uh, reps uh, with three, three sets on the leg extensions before they train legs. What was interesting is that, again, possibly as a result of his injury as well, and, and he actually kind of discusses some of the technical points, both with the two training partners he's with and, and with the cameraman, so, so to the audience about doing front squats over back squats, for example, and emphasizing foot placements. And he even discusses, again, to camera, the, the you know, difference of foot placings affecting the inner quad, outer quad, foot glutes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So he comes across to, on camera and in interviews in quite an affable, easygoing kind of way, which, again, I'll deal with the stress aspect in a minute. So, But that doesn't make you think, oh, this guy is super intelligent. But when it comes to training, He's interviewed about other things and it's kind of laid back. When it comes to training, he knows his shit. You can tell he knows his shit. Comes alive more, talks about the foot placement and the position, legs forward, legs back, widings, and so on and so forth. On the on the training stuff, encouraging his training partners. Uh, I believe, as I said on the video, I'm thinking of it was the front squats, uh, a typical 45 degree uh, leg press type machine, and then they use a vertical uh, leg press type machine. And uh, it's a very hot evening to the point where one of the guys looks like he's about to vomit, and and they're, they're, it's it's like bros, lots of leg pulling, but lots of support, and he's even on the video. Then he's getting them to change their foot placement on the leg presses. He's, he's saying, "I'll emphasize this," and doing more hamstring or more glute or whatever else. So he is 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 quite surprisingly technical in his approach to training, and. I think one of the things that Steve just said in the nutrition thing is very true, and it applies to training as well. He's learned 
what works for him. He's learned, he knows that his genetics response is incredibly good. So if I change my foot position, my, I get more out of quads. If I bring my legs in, I get more inner thigh stuff. And he knows how that's affected his body. And because of his genetics response, both in, in nutritional and in training, his response is very quick. The rest of us might take three to six months to see some kind of difference. Victor's genetics probably allow him to see this kind of stuff within a week or two weeks. And he's so tuned into what's going on that, you know, you know, just shifting a chest on chest, just moving the arm to a different position. And, and I didn't think it was going to be that way. And yet watching him, bang, there it was. The technical stuff was right there. It's the sort of stuff that the rest of us have taken 20 or 30 years to learn, both with our own response and, and training partners and buddies and people that we've coached over the years. He, he seems to have got this stuff down probably very much quicker than normal. And with the genetic advantages, that's helped. So, yeah, surprisingly technical, Steve. Surprisingly tuned in and knowledgeable on what he's doing. Uh, maybe, maybe, and I think Steve covered this right at the beginning of the podcast, because it's probably been the only thing he's done uh, with any uh, kind of seriousness since, since he was at school, since he was 13, 14, 15 years of age. So he, he's... he's, he's He's probably one of those guys, I, I doubt very much if he's qualified, but I actually think he's one of those blokes that could be a, a, an amazing PC, an amazing kind of instructor. And it's a shame, actually, that he doesn't get asked more questions, genuine, proper questions, because don't always happen in the interviews that you see in the magazines and online about his approach to training. I actually think he could do really, really well in that particular regard. Uh, as a good example, someone like that probably with Tom Platts, an incredibly intense trainer, who makes more of a career now of showing pros how to train properly and how to get the most out of their training. I actually think Victor is, is, is there or thereabouts. Lots of guys, they will talk you through a workout, but Victor was way more technical than I was expecting. Quite, quite surprising, Steve. So let's get into his steroid talk. Y'all guys want to know. Now, obviously, we talked about it earlier in the show. Mobster uh, talked about it a little bit about his – uh, getting tr in trouble for uh, having steroids, selling them and all that stuff. So even though it was a minor incident and he got cleared of everything, you know, yeah. obviously he was using them. Uh, Jamal, I've just jumped in for one second, Steve, very quickly. So what happened essentially was he's supposed to have given a young man some steroids. The way that Victor described it, he didn't even actually sell them. He just gave this guy to help him out. The guy then gets arrested for something else completely stupid and the police find that he has stories in his possession. And straight away, he puts Victor's name in the frame. How thoughtful. Thank you so much. Lo and behold, they come to Victor's house and they do a raid. I don't know if the door came off its hinges or Victor let them in, but sufficient to say that police officers turn up with a warrant and they came in and... Unfortunately for Victor, not only did he have steroids, one assumes a little bit a professional level amount of steroids in the house, he also had a small amount, and this is again, a quote in here, of recreational drugs. Kind of normal stuff, really, but not the kind of situation you want to find yourself in with your name in the frame, thank you very much. Now, this then leads to the whole thing with being in jail, et cetera, et cetera, because he's not naturalized American. He's a green card holder. And unfortunately, certain issues hadn't been resolved when he left the country to go off and do either a competition or seminars or whatever else and comes back and is stopped at the point of entry into the country. And because of the outstanding uh, felony arrest uh, case, that, as Steve said, actually didn't really go anywhere, but it was there. 
that ended up being an immigration issue and that's all the stuff that he's had to deal with. So yeah, those are the specifics of that particular thing there, Steve. But yeah, why be yeah. surprised? What, yeah, what yeah. so I mean, obviously he had them, he was using them and he was probably selling, you know, as well. Um, so, you know, what did he use? So around that time, you know, uh, back then, late 90s, 2000s, when he was, you know, when he was doing well at competitions, um, you know, he reached his peak in the late 2000s. So mid, mid 2000s, late 2000s, when he finished second to Jay Cutler. So what do the guys usually use at that time? We can speculate what he used. Now, obviously, with the guy's size, we know he's taking, you know, he's taking a lot of stuff. Obviously, he's going to be running the HGH and the insulin staff. The HGH, basically, he's probably running at least 10, 15 IUs a day of the HGH. What HGH does is it will actually split and grow your cells in your body that it will push up your insulin resistance. It will raise your blood sugar. So that's when the insulin comes in. You take the insulin along with the HGH, and then the insulin drops your blood sugar back down. Your muscles become a sponge. Your muscles start sucking up all the food. You're able to take advantage of the meals you're eating, these these high-protein meals that these guys go after. They start basically, it's like a sponge, just absorbing it right into the muscle. A normal person can't do that. That's why he's so huge at his height. How can you be that huge at that height and such low body fat? Well, that's why he's able to grow his muscles more than a human could ever do naturally because he's stacking the HGH and insulin. So he would take the insulin uh, before his largest meals of the day. And if you didn't take your insulin before your largest meals of the day, it was a waste. It's like you're just wasting that food you're eating. That's the mentality that these guys get into. So luckily for them, you know, insulin is cheap. It's you can buy it over the counter. You can walk into the Walmart or Target and ask them for insulin and they'll give it to you. It's right there. So anyone can get insulin um, and because a lot of diabetics depend on insulin to, to, to live. They have to take insulin. So these guys are basically taking the insulin before their meals instead of taking it after their meals. And they'll do a lot of different things. Some of them like to take it too before their workouts as well. And then uh, that seems to work for them well. But yeah, if you're not taking the insulin, you're not taking the HGH, you're just wasting your meals. And these guys, they eat a lot of food. So all that has to get absorbed somehow. Um, a normal person, if you don't take the HGH, insulin, all these steroids and have the genetics, you eat the way these guys eating, you're just going to get obese. You're just going to get fat. Because Americans do eat the way these guys eat, you know, but they don't have the genetics, they don't work out, and they don't take all the stuff, so they just get fat. They become, you know, 300 pounds of fat, you know, 30, 40% body fat. So these guys are, are big guys. Now, steroid use, very, very important. Um, you know, we could speculate, you know, he was an old school guy. Uh, and he's from the Dominican Republic. He came here, he came to New York. Maybe he was using DECA. You know, DECA was very popular, especially in those countries. I've been to the Dominican Republic. I've been around the bodybuilding scene there. A lot of guys, you know, don't know about taking ancillaries. So they won't take stuff like testosterone or Debol because they don't know much about aromatized inhibitors. Um, I've been, I've worked out of some of the gyms in, in the Caribbean. A lot of these guys have bitch tits. And, you know, my theory on that is they're just taking steroids and they're not, they're just taking steroids without even understanding what they're taking they don't know they're supposed to take a aromatized inhibitor they just take them and they end up with bitch that so um 
my theory on that is, you know, he could have been a guy who took deck who took Deca. Deca was an old school steroid. Um, he probably ran Deca close to a gram a week. Uh, testosterone, along with an AI, perhaps he was taking sustenin. I uh, write in the article, perhaps he was taking sustenin, but any long ester testosterone he could be on, and he'd be taking it quite a bit uh, during the year. Uh, high dosages over a gram. And then uh, ahead of the competition, um, he could have been taking something like Masteron. It's a hardener. So no doubt guys today are using Masteron, but back in the late 2000s, when he was at his peak, I have no doubt that he was taking Masteron a gram a week. Masteron is a hardener. It's going to harden up your muscles. So that's why these guys, especially ahead of a competition, they will take Masteron. Now, a couple well, let me let me just finish it up, Mobster. Winstrol. Winstrol is uh, the other one, a dryer. It's going to dry you out. 100 milligrams a day. The side effects are brutal, but it works amazingly well for drying your body out ahead of a show. So, so you look as dry as possible. If you have any water, any water on the body, any water on in the muscles, it's they're going to dock points off you. You got to you got to manage that. You got to you got to know your body. You got to be able to dry yourself out as much as you can without looking flat. So these guys, they manipulate themselves with with you know the the carb manipulation, the sugars uh, right before they step on stage and try to look at their very best where they're full but not dry. And the last one, Prima Bolin. Again, we go back to the old school. You know, he was from the uh, Caribbean, moved to, United, moved to New York. I think a lot of people who, who are like that, they tend to stick to the old school mentality towards things. Prima Bowen was an old school steroid used in the 70s and the 80s by God. A gram a week, it's got low side effects. It's something you can put in there. And it really does a great job of, of adding lean muscle mass without water retention. So it is a DHT derivative, but it's a mild DHT derivative. So he could have stacked it in here, no problem. And it wouldn't have uh, increased the side effects very much at all. So I think that's a pretty good idea of what a stack could have looked like. And, you know, uh, Mobster, what do you think? I'm going to let you jump in here. A couple of points here. First off, the article that Steve wrote would be a few years ago, as, as, as is the case with a lot of these things, when, when, when and certain ideas change. So, for example, uh, when Steve refers to the insulin, I agree 100%. If it, I know for a fact because we've heard the words from the horse's mouth himself and Victor's talking about 7,000 calories a day. That's probably about 3,000 calories a day more than I take and Victor looks the way that he does. So if there's no insulin and growth hormone in there, then you can take my leg and flog it down the meat market. There's got to be something like that in there just for him to be able to utilise those calories in that particular way. Something that Steve uh, wrote about in the original article and he's adjusted some of the numbers uh, during his podcast to, to reflect probably more modern trends, which again, I agree with. Is it not the case, Steve, with Primo that you get that full look and I don't think we've ever seen a Victor come in flat. Uh, poss possibly, maybe uh, after the prison sentence and coming out of jail when he was on his way back and, and, and getting the muscle tissue back. And in fact, something that he talks about in an article, uh, because it's undeniable that he's taken steroids because of the, 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 the arrest, he says, and I quote, I'm, after seven months in jail, I probably have the cleanest receptors in the sport. So he's not talking about protein and carb receptors. He's talking about steroid testosterone receptors. And uh, so, yeah, I think with the Primo, 100% again, and probably at the levels that Steve suggested, the gram a week, because uh, you, when, you, when you see Victor's physique, 
And I'm just thinking of one interview that he's doing uh, for Generation 9. He's sitting there, a lot of veins on his arms, his tribes are just thick in there. He looks, to, I think that was the phrase that Rich Piano used to use, full as fuck. Uh, and uh, that's that's a question of all, uh, uh, with obviously manipulation of all of these drugs pre-competition. The last one that I would I would include, and again, because when the original article was written, uh, I don't think Victor had had his leg injury at a particular time, rather stupid way that he got injured, running, perversely, Steve was running to try and stop a police officer putting a ticket on his car, and that's when, that's when he saw the Patel attendant, rather foolishly. I would, I would include the healing peptides in there, as we discussed in previous podcasts, because uh, for him to have got that uh, quad and, and the development back to where it was on the injured leg uh, suggests to me uh, that some peptides were included as a, as a way of healing. And again, the genetic response is extremely rare, with the exception of one or two bodybuilders, and this includes Richard, to have that quad come back looking as good as it did before. Um, he never had great separation in his quads, funny enough. It was a bit like Kevin Levron that particular way. Uh, but uh, uh, overall physique was absolutely seriously impressive. Uh, the one thing that I mentioned earlier on, and this is going to come down to, again, with the steroids, funny enough, Victor strikes me as being quite, I mean, we discussed it in the pre-show with Steve and I, as quite by far probably the most chilled out, relaxed, dealing with stress, and I'm including steroids here, bodybuilder that I, 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 we've done any research for in his podcast, for the stuff that he's had to deal with, and not to go crazy and, and not to lose his mind in terms of going to the gym and doing all that kind of stuff. They, and this actually applies to steroids and growth and insulin and everything else. Some of the biggest bodybuilders you will meet, and I could think of a few, and again, I've been around some seriously, seriously big uh, strongman competitors. Apart from when they're actually competing, are incredibly chilled out. And as I said already, the stress that Victor's had to deal with, and this can include the physical stress of taking steroids, and we know from, from the forums that some guys don't do well on steroids, do they, Steve? Some, it's not, you talked about Trent and how some people can get irritable in certain particular ways. We're not talking about roid rage here, people, but just how you feel when you're taking certain harsh drugs, and especially at high levels. Victor's ability to remain essentially stress-free and lacking in probably has incredibly low levels of cortisol, and how he's, how he's dealing with all the other outside stresses including the stuff that we all deal with day to day and then taking high amounts of steroids and just remaining a very affable easy to get along with guy it's surprising i mean you've mentioned this before and i know that we've covered it in previous podcasts but i mean we think trends in this cycle and again some people don't handle trend very well some people don't handle the, the amount of steroids that we're talking here very well how, how do you think what's your opinion on on yeah. How he's dealing with these things, Steve. Yeah, I was gonna. You read my mind on that. I was gonna. I was actually gonna mention because when I um when I put this article out, you know, it's basically a team decision on what to include in the steroid cycle. And you know, I don't. I don't remember exactly if I had originally included trend, but we kind of went through went to the more old school model based on you know what we thought he would based on his personality, based on where he came from, based on his history. So, but I would, I would agree for sure around this time trend would have been something they would likely have used. Um, the question is when, when did he use it? So yeah. yeah. And trend is definitely something that, you know, um, it can make you, it can make you kind of irritable, um, sometimes, 
but if you run it and you're, you know, you're spreading out your carbs and it's kind of like a baby, a baby, uh, as a, I wonder if as a baby, if you were irritable because you were tired or if you were irritable when you were hungry, did that translate as an adult when you, especially when you use trend. So we see some people get irritable, um, on trend for that reason. So if you were a baby, maybe that got irritable when you were tired and trend is going to make you irritable when you're tired. If trend, if you were a baby and you got irritable when you got hungry and whiny, then you're going to be a, as an adult on trend, irritable and whiny. I, I, I don't know for sure if there's a connection with that, but I would be curious if there was. So in his case, I think too, um, I think there's no doubt that he was probably, he would have messed with trend um, in that time. They were definitely using trend. Trend is basically above and beyond the strongest steroid out there. And it does what HGH and insulin does. It adds to that. It makes your muscles a sponge. So it's going to basically help you just absorb all that nutrition from your food. So I, I, I'm, I'm confident he, he was messing around with trend. I, I don't have any doubt. I just think is Steve, in terms of, uh, this is one of those kind of tips that you get from this stuff, right? Certain people take steroids sometimes for how they feel. And uh, some some steroids, like Trent especially, can catch you unawares. And yet that's crazy, of course, because we tell people again and again and again, and please guys go to the forums and check out our articles in this, that there are many side effects that come with certain drugs and some people handle them very well. And I suspect uh, 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 Victor's right up there in terms of how he handles these things. And some people are, are, are really bad on it. And you go, oh, I'm going to have any trend side effects. But you go, well, then don't use trend. Simple. Yes, it's got you great results. And for some people, that's almost worth it. But for others, the side effects are so bad that then, then don't use trend. Use something else. I also suspect, Steve, this, the Caribbean connection is kind of important in terms of the healthy lifestyle, especially for the younger Caribbean guys and on the traditional diet, and very, what, what's the particular turn of phrase, I believe, I'm thinking probably more Jamaica specifically, they'll soon come, the, the relaxed attitude to stress on what's going to happen. I think this relaxed attitude to life, although obviously it's dedicated to lifting and training and, and, and becoming a, a, a name in bodybuilding, but the dealing with stress and aggravation and all the other things that some people lose their mind over, and especially the things that we talked about earlier on, and then having the same kind of response to sometimes irritating steroids that for some people trend specifically can, 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 can make them a little bit crazy or, or handle the side effects not very well at all, uh, is why he is, as well as his physical genetics, the bodybuilder that he is. So, you know, you and I could take this cycle. We've talked about this in previous podcasts. I'm not getting anything like the same response. And I think, as you said earlier, on, I think both of us would have wanted to tear the uh, murderer of his uh, sister a, a new one and maybe new two, two new ones. Whereas um, Victor, for whatever reason, was able to handle that and handle it a, a lot better than we would. Uh, so the, I can only imagine that that same kind of emotional response is incredibly good for low, low cortisol levels. It's incredibly good for putting, maintaining muscle mass and putting muscle mass on. And then, of course, when you're taking these steroids, it's just going to have an outstanding response to those as well. But the whole everything else that's going on, his vibe is, is relaxed, et cetera, et cetera, his affability, uh, fooling around with his training partners and so on and so forth. This leads to, it's, it's just a less, a low stress lifestyle that is great for making you huge super strong and again my personal experience of being around guys like this 
in terms of the really, really big guys and strong man, 150 kilos plus, is that the only time they are crazy is when they are lifting. The only time they need to get mad, so to speak, or fully intense, completely focused, is in the gym. And watching the training videos, this is this is how I think uh, Victor is. Completely relaxed outside the gym, stress-free, crazy in the gym. And he knows his stuff. Um, and of course, his, his response to steroids and even stuff like Tread and Primo, et cetera, is just gonna be really, really good. So yeah, there you go, Steve. Yeah, and there could be two different things with stress. It could be people, some people hold, hold it in, they don't show it because they grew up, you know, um, with their father refusing to let them cry or let them show emotion. Like, how dare you cry? At you, what are you, little baby? Like, don't yeah. cry. You get in trouble if you cry. Yeah. So some, sometimes it's that. And other times it's just a carefree attitude. And yes, in the Caribbean, a lot of people are like that. I mean, they're just stress-free. Um, that's something in the United States we don't know how to do. I don't know how it is in the UK, but in the United States, we're very stressed out people, overly stressed. And uh, we basically stress ourselves out a lot. And I, I'm, I'm guilty of that. And what happens is if you look at anyone who's like older, who's like 90, 100 years old, they just are very relaxed. It's kind of like the tortoise, a tortoise or a turtle, the way they are. They're very slow. They take their time. They're not like fidgety or crazy. Like the animals in the wild that are fidgety and, and always stressing out, always on the alert. Oh, my God, is something going to eat me? They don't live as long as something like a turtle or tortoise who lives a long time. They're very slow at everything, relaxed. If there's a threat, they just go in their shell and just don't move. And then the predator, you know, leaves them alone. So, I mean, that's, it's, it's, it's a lesson in the wild. So, yeah, I mean, for sure, that's, that's kind of a lesson in this podcast. You know, yeah. are you one of those stressful people? At the end of the day, you know, stressing out over something that you have no control over is not going to fix it. You know, it's kind of funny the, the way that works. There's, I read a funny uh, little, it was a little cartoon or something about someone who was like wondering, hmm, can I have stressed more about my team winning? Ahead, you know, and they ended up, you know, winning the game. Should I have stressed more in that two weeks? Would my team have done better if I had stressed out more ahead of time? It was like a funny, funny cartoon that I read. And it's kind of true because we stress out over the most stupid things. And even things that are important that we stress over, we can't really control them by stressing out. So it might as well just, you know, you know, handle whatever's stressing you out as soon as you can, get it out of the way, and then you can move on. Right up there, and he still seems to have handled that. So that is, I mean, it's an indication of the man anyway, Psyche. I think Steve's correct about the issue with the father, uh, because we mentioned that right back at the beginning. He's had possibly the worst worst stresses there possibly has been for anybody to have to deal with, and is still a physical giant, even now, semi-retired, and was an absolute monster of a bodybuilder. Uh, and came across in that particular way. Again, his response with people around him, etc. So to me, it's a good indication of how he would deal with steroids, how he would deal with training. And it's a reason why he's a very, very big muscular guy. If he was worrying like crazy over stuff, he probably wouldn't be a penny over 230 pounds, which is big, but he's 255. He's an absolute monster at that size. And he kind of, even in the interviews, when he's sitting down doing a face-to-face, he's kind of jovial relaxed chilled thinking about the answers etc training like i said in the gym it's 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 easy to come across so to me he's the kind of guy that could handle something like tread very very well 
uh, as opposed to finding it really difficult drug to deal with and whatever else. So I felt, oh, I've got a bit of the sweats. Okay, Trenkov, no problem. You know, up the dose, zero issues. Everybody else is going crazy and, and, and he's probably sitting on the corner and just loving this stuff and making me feel good and whatever. And I suspect that's probably this, part, one of the secrets to successfully. And it's something which uh, Steve and I touched on already. We'll have to give these little things at the end of the podcast where we say, listen, guys, when we talk about these people, what's the takeaway? The takeaway is Victor's done some, had some cruel, crazy crap to deal with and has managed to, for some reason, to remain relaxed and chilled out and still be, keep being on, carry on being a monster. So there are stuff you're going to have to deal with in life. It is what it is. The more relaxed you'll be, the more successful you're going to be when it comes to dealing with shit. It's as simple as that. Uh, Steve and I have taken some time, I think because we're normal guys, it's taken sometimes us a long time to learn these things. So again, that's the wisdom of guys that have been doing this stuff for 40 years. Our best training sessions, our results have come when all that stuff's been sorted out, when we've been organised, when we've got, and, and again, it's when we've not had other stuff to deal with, when we've not been pulling our hair out and going crazy over things. And and how we deal with, with our steroid use. So I, I've been lucky, I think when it comes across on the forums, never used high amounts, never used any really harsh drugs. I've got some trend here, not used trend yet. Um, I would hope that my lifestyle, et cetera, is set up now, especially in the last few years, that you know, I'm more likely to get stressed over the postman being late. That's as hard as my life gets. So if I can get that stuff organized in that particular way, then me, and again, it's probably the reason why I'm as big as I am right now. That might, might, I've got even more lazy in certain particular things, and if, and as things that stress everybody out has become less and less and less. Uh, I don't worry about things that are stupid. There's no need. I don't go crazy over fashions and all that kind of stuff. And I think Steve's actually getting that way, don't you? Aren't you, Steve? That we the things that used to drive us crazy when we were younger mean nothing now. Well, I've eliminated a lot of the stressors out of my life. I was a landlord. I managed four properties when I was younger. And I got out of the industry, even though I lost money by getting out of the industry. Yeah, yeah, I could have stayed in the industry and made made more money now as I got older. But I chose to put money aside and get out of the industry because I got tired of getting called at, uh, on Friday at 6 p.m. Oh, my air conditioner broke ahead of a weekend. I was like, oh, now you call me Friday 6 yeah. p.m. Now I got to get yeah. an air conditioning guy out there over the weekend. And he's going to rip me off and charge me three times the price. So, yeah, eliminating the stressors in your life are, are important. But that's not so simple um in in a lot of situations so i, I kind of avoid the the I, you know i don't want kids um at this time um because the kids are going to stress you out you know kid the kid gets sick the kid is late to come home and all that stuff so yeah eliminating it. and i think the lesson that also in this podcast besides that about dealing with the stresses because that life is tough i mean there's going to be stuff that happens uh that that saying shit happens it's true and in his situation, Victor Martinez, he dealt with a, a tremendous amount of tragedy uh, from having to go to jail, from having to deal with something like his immigration status, to having to deal with being worried about, you know, if I fly in and out of the country, are they going to nab me when I get through immigration, to dealing with his sister being murdered by a co-worker who was 20 years younger than her. I mean, the horror that she had to go through and then having to go through the trial like he did. So. He went through a lot, guys, and that's life. Life is full of tragedies, and you're going to have to go through tragedies. That's why you see a lot of people, when they get older, um, they 
you know, they're broken. They're broken human beings. Maybe they, they had a tragedy, losing a loved one, losing a child, all kinds of things. And they're, they're broken people and uh, life isn't easy. Um, that old saying, any life is easy when you're younger, you know, it might not seem that way. Those of you listening who are younger in, but you know, as you get older, there's going to be things that break you down and, and stuff. So life is tough. Life, life is really tough, but life is short at the same time. Mobster and I, I'm, I'm in my forties now and no, mobster, he's yeah. Mobster, yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're halfway through our lives, um, less uh, more than halfway through our lives. And, uh, you know, so we don't got much time left, so we better <laughs> better do something, right? Better take advantage of it. I've got minutes, Steve. I've got minutes. <laughs> yeah. You got you got maybe 40, 40 years left, mobster. You're gonna be we'll be doing episode number twenty five hundred and talking about someone, and then yeah, and then I'm gonna get the call that mobster passed away. Really old. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> but I think the lesson in this podcast too is what these guys use. It's a question of what these guys use. So, you know, really at the end of the day, steroid use, HGH, insulin, DMP. I don't think we mentioned DMP. DMP is another one that he would have he would have likely used to help him lose fat as well. So those, those are the compounds that these guys were using in the in the in the mid to late 2000s. So finish yeah. up, Mobster. We have a minute left. Anything else you want to add before we finish up? No, no. I think we've covered everything we need to cover. It's, 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 it's handled shit incredibly well. It's a fantastic. Even now, as a semi-retired bodybuilder, absolutely amazing. Uh, you guys should check him out. Check out the articles and, and check out the links that we're going to include with this uh, podcasting. All right. And you want to drop a hint to who we're doing next week, or you want to save it? <laughs> no, Steve, I've never looked. <laughs> You're right. Okay. Yeah. Mobster likes to research this ahead of time, but I'll give you a hint. He's got a Polish name. He's got a Polish name. That's the guy we're doing next. So you guys will hear it next week. This was Victor Martinez, 120. We will talk to you guys next week. Take care, Mobster. Stay stay warm over there. Yeah. Talk to you then. Bye-bye. What you said? Ta-da.